Welcome into the Rob Logic Podcast and what a wild week in the NFL it was yet again. Minnesota Vikings moving to 5-1 and one on the season, currently second in the NFC. Have to say, before the year started, I did not foresee the Vikings being 5-1 and one heading into the bye, being the second best team in the NFC. It hasn't really felt like a five and one team but at the end of the day it really doesn't matter all that matters is that number in the wins in losses column and right now it is five and one vikings near the top of the nfc and for this team it really doesn't look pretty the way they go about their business but they get the job done and for First year head coach Kevin O'Connell, I think he has to be pleased with how everything has kind of gone so far. There's been some question marks defensively, but right now this team is coming up with a clutch play when they need to. Defense will give up a lot of yards, but it's that bend don't break mentality right now. And I don't always agree with some of the play calls, but you can't argue with the results and what that team has been able to do in some of those fourth quarter situations when the game is on the line. They've come up with a big play when they've needed it. And the offense has been able to score when they need to. I did not get a chance to actually watch this game against the Dolphins, but some people filled me in as far as you know, first half, kind of kind of a rocky start there. But, again, this team just knows how to go and win. And they've, they've figured out how to win early on here in this NFL season. And sometimes that's just half the battle. So for this team to be 5-1 and one, heading into the bye, really, really excited for this team going forward. Of course, the Vikings, that's the team that I root for. That's the team that I love. That's the team that always seems to cause me a lot of pain when we get to the playoffs. And and I don't know if if this is the team to kind of break through and and make some magic happen when it matters the most in the postseason. But as of right now, I'm I'm very pleased with where the team is at. Again, it it doesn't always look very good, but 5-1. and Packers right now seem to be in some trouble, and it really feels like it's the Vikings division to lose at this point, there's still a lot of schedule left, and you know we're only we're only six games into it. But for for Minnesota, um, some of the question marks coming into the season, uh, I, I think the team's done a pretty good job addressing some of those things. The offensive line has played pretty well for the most part this year. There's been some times where haven't always looked the greatest, but it's not as bad as what it's been in the past. And the only thing that I'm afraid of, and I, I just really hope that this isn't one of those Vikings teams that we end up seeing the stats with where it's like Minnesota is so-and-so through the first eight games of the season and they become only the second team to not make the playoffs after starting out the season with this great record because we, we've seen that. We've seen that happen in the past and it seems like the Vikings – end up being the team that's on that list of great starts and then not finishing and making it to the playoffs. So hopefully the Vikings aren't just another statistic here in the 2022 season. Um, but, but I like the way that the team has really been able to compete and what they've been able to do in close games this year is very encouraging. It kind of feels almost like the same team from last year, except for the difference between this team and last year's team is this team actually says, Hey, Let's go out and win the game. Let's not fold in, in those type of situations. So for for Minnesota, really excited to see what the team is able to do after the bye week. Um, it's going to be the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals haven't played up to their potential 
yet this year, but I I, I think that's going to be a tough game ultimately because I know we always see the stats, the teams coming out by and, and, and everything like that. So hopefully Minnesota is able to pick up exactly right where they left off. Of course, this is Kevin O'Connell. This isn't a Mike Zimmer-led team coming out of a bye, so that does give me a little bit of optimism that it, it feels like the script has kind of been flipped when it comes to the team that we've seen the last few years under head coach Mike Zimmer. But, um, you know, for Minnesota, really, really love where they're at right now in this stage of the season. And as a Viking fan, I'm really excited to see what will come up, uh, you know, kind of after after the bye. I think this offense is going to just continue to evolve. Dalvin Cook seems to have found his stride, although when I look at that final number, like only 13 rushes against the Miami Dolphins, I really want to see him get to, you know, 20, 25 carries. I don't know if that's – you know what the Vikings have planned for him at all, but uh, I think part of it maybe they want to keep him fresh. And you know when you have a guy like Alexander Madison is your backup. Obviously, Kevin O'Connell is going to want to air it out. You've got Justin Jefferson, you've got Adam Thielen out wide. Kirk Cousins is delivering the ball. Makes a lot of sense why the offense wants to go that route. But I do think feeding Dalvin Cook, getting him going, and you know maybe hitting that 20-carry mark might help open up some of those things that Kevin O'Connell is looking to do in the pass game and make everybody's life a little bit easier so these D linemen aren't just pinning their ears back in, in rushing Kirk Cousins. And I think you know coming up here on the schedule, uh, the Dallas Cowboys game is kind of one that I'm looking at where you know, I think in that game they're going to have to get Dalvin Cook going um, because Cowboys have a pretty good, pretty solid pass rush, and and you know they, they make it hard for the running backs. But I think if the Vikings want to have some of those things that they want to do in their pass game, they're going to need to lean on Dalvin Cook and, and give him the rock 20, 20 times in that game. But that's that's further down the road. Uh, we're we're not going to talk about that. We're going to focus on the now. And, you know, right now this team is 5-1, second in the NFC. Um, Philadelphia Eagles is there at number one, and I think they just continue to prove every week here why they're they're undefeated. They are the complete package. When you look at the offense, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, uh, Miles Sanders, list goes on and on. They're littered with talent. Dallas Goddard, another guy um, didn't mention. And then defensively, they've, they just seem to play really, really sound football together so that's that's kind of the team to beat right now in the nfc but you know if you're the vikings you're right there at the top and only one game separates you from you know the two and the one seed in the nfc so for for minnesota um you know i didn't know heading into the season if this would be a team that would be capable of being a playoff team in the nfc just given you know, the, the season that the team had last year, and it, it felt like there were a lot of deficiencies, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that would need to be addressed. Um, but it seems like a lot of those questions have been answered so far through six weeks of the NFL season. And now for Minnesota, it, it feels really feels like the division is, is theirs to be had. But I, I think now if you're looking at it, if you're a Vikings fan, it's like, okay, I think the, the tension maybe needs to shift and, and be like, hey, can we get that can we get that number one seed there in the NFC? Obviously a lot of ball left to be played. We're only six games into it. I'm still going to have a lot of work to do to win that NFC North. Green Bay is going to play better. Um, they're, they're going to figure it out at some point. I know it doesn't look great for Green Bay 
right now, but at all the times that people and media have said, oh, the Packers are going to drop off, the Packers are going to drop off. We've heard this story a few times uh, through the last five years, and, and it just never seems to happen. They always seem to end up stringing uh, you know, some wins together. Um, they're still trying to figure things out, but by the time the Vikings and Packers play a uh, second time in the season, I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay is right back in the mix there for the division title. So, you know, if you're Minnesota, you feel pretty good at being 5-1, and one, but there's still a lot of work to do. Still a lot of big games coming up. The schedule gets much tougher coming out of the bye. Um, you know, you still have games against, you know, Giants are on the schedule. I think everybody... Coming into the season, just figured New York Giants, yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a win. You can just kind of check that one off on the calendar. But as everybody is starting to find out, this isn't the New York Giants of seasons past. They they've got a really good team this year, um, and and I tell you what, I mean, for my fantasy team that I took Saquon Barkley, I'm so happy that I rolled the dice with that pick because some of the injury concerns over the last couple of years with Barkley, yeah, they're there, but um, I. I, I rolled the dice and it's it's been paying off big time uh, in my fantasy leagues. So um, only have them in one of the four or five leagues that I'm part of, but I am very very thankful that I did take him in at least one of my leagues to reap the benefits of just a great season that he's having. It's nice to see him back to full strength and looking like the Saquon Barkley that kind of took the league by storm uh, coming out of college. So. The Giants, a uh, solid team, and, and then, you know, uh, Dallas Cowboys are on the schedule as well. So Indianapolis Colts on the schedule. I think that's one that, after a few games, might have thought that that would be a game that would be easy easy to win uh, if you're a Vikings fan looking at the schedule at home. But right now, the way that the Indianapolis Colts look, they've kind of gotten everything together and righted the ship from a uh, couple of rough first weeks there in where they just didn't play very good football at all. But Matt Ryan, new system, all that jazz. Uh, he's starting to figure it out, and this team looks looks pretty dangerous moving forward. Jonathan Taylor is going to get healthy. He's going to be Jonathan Taylor of the past. So when you look at it, there, there's still a lot of tough games on the schedule. But for Minnesota, I mean, they've really competed and, and kept it close in, in you know all of these games. And even going back to the Philadelphia Eagles game, yeah, that might have been a loss. But if there's a couple of plays in the first half, I think that is a very different uh, final. You know, I think um, if if they a couple of plays had gone Minnesota's way and and they played their cards right instead of uh, just kind of looking outmatched, outcoached, and, and you know guys were not catching the balls that night, um, you know that could have been a very different game. And, and been much closer in the second half than what it was where the Eagles are just kind of able to run away with it, have the game in hand virtually the entire time. Philly gave Minnesota's chances to get back into that game, and you know the Vikings really didn't know what to do with it. But the nice thing is Minnesota. I feel like Minnesota kind of learned and grew from that game. We've seen it in a couple of other contests so far this season where Detroit was doing everything to give that game to Minnesota, and the Vikings took advantage of it. They did, and that's kind of you know what we've been able to see from this team, uh, you know, since then. And you know, I go back to the Chicago Bears game where you let the Bears back into it, but Minnesota was able to to respond and and not let that you know blowing a lead like that really get to them. They they still were 
you know, locked in and, and able to get a win. So five and one looking great for the Vikings. So going to shift gears now and talk about some major league baseball because the playoffs, um, I love this time of year. October is an awesome time of year if you're a baseball fan because you never know what's going to happen from year to year. And for the National League, I mean, the, the championship series is set. It's the Atlanta – no, it's not the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> yeah, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers in the Atlanta Braves like everyone predicted. Oh, no, it's not. It's going to be the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Diego Padres. Uh, really, really cool, I think, for the game. But some questions that I think need to be answered if you're Major League Baseball. And, I mean, we're, we'll see what happens with the Cleveland-New York series. But – the long layoff for the teams that were awarded the buys is that is that actually a good thing or is it not a good thing? Because now that we added in those three game wild card series, is it too long of a layoff for some of these teams? And I know some people will say, well, it, should, it shouldn't matter if you're good, you know, you're, you're good. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't take, you know, doesn't take super smart person to just see that there was a clear difference in these division series compared to years past. And if Cleveland is able to get the job done in game five against the New York Yankees, I, I really think that Major League Baseball will have to revisit the format of the wild card series. Uh just because I, I don't think it's I don't think it's smart for some of these teams to sit as as long as they do because we, we see it in baseball, the teams that keep playing and everything, it seems like they tend to have a leg up on the teams that, that have a bye. And you know you kind of see that in the past but I think now it's a little bit more pronounced when you have a three game wild card series to decide who's going on to the next round so for Major League Baseball I know you want to make more money and everything but realistically shouldn't the teams that have worked their butts off for 162 games win 100 plus games I don't think they should be penalized for being the best in their league and it really feels like the Braves and Dodgers were penalized for being the best teams in the National League. And I know that sounds crazy because, again, a lot of people will say, well, you know, good team, the layoff shouldn't matter. Yeah, I, I get that to an extent, but when it's baseball, I think everybody kind of understands those teams where, you know, hitters get hot and everything. You know, if you're able to win a wild card series, whichever team it is, it's going to be dramatic and there's going to be some momentum. And, you know, you look at this format from just a year ago, a team like the Philadelphia Phillies aren't even in the playoffs. And I know that Major League Baseball wants to do that, where they have so many teams in the playoffs, but doesn't it kind of take away from what the playoffs are when you have so many teams that make that postseason tournament? I mean, there's something to be said about going out and, and playing all those games for an entire year. And, I mean, we we all understand that at the end of the day, you know, it's baseball. You'll see the worst team beat the best team in the league throughout the season just depending on what time – they end up playing and I don't I just I don't know I don't really like the new playoff format I think it's pretty stupid and I, I think ultimately that you're not seeing the teams that should be in the championship series be there I mean I think I think it's cool for San Diego I think it's cool for Philadelphia but I think if San Diego gets a three-game series with the Dodgers right off the bat 
or say a five game series with the Dodgers right off the bat there to start the playoffs, there's no there's no way San Diego's getting past the Dodgers. That's just that's just the way I feel. Um it's cool for people to disagree, but I, I really think that um, you know, Dodgers and Braves, they, they have really, really good teams. And I think from a baseball fan standpoint, it is cool to see some other teams there that are going to be competing for that spot in the World Series and competing for the National League pennant. But at the end of the day, I, I do kind of feel for the Braves and Dodgers. I feel like both teams got gypped to an extent, and we'll see it. I mean, you know, for the Houston Astros, yeah, they were able to advance, but in that series, Seattle kind of gave it to them. Um, Seattle had chances to win, you know, three games in that series, and they just they just couldn't do it. And I think part of that is Astros have a lot of experience of being in the playoffs, and, and they know how to win some of those postseason October games. But, um, yeah, the, it really felt kind of like Seattle probably should have won that series had they just been able to close things out in some of those games against the Astros, but they didn't. We'll see what happens with Cleveland in New York. I mean, I'm a Twins fan, but I am rooting for Cleveland. It is a baseball fan that I love the game so much, uh, grew up playing, watching it all the time. I really want to see the Guardians pull this off and go to the World Series. I know podcast uh, episode or two ago, that's who I wanted, uh, you know, picked in the World Series. And, and, and that's not why I'm saying I want them to advance. I just think it's really, really cool what they're doing as far as being able to hit the ball, and not strike out. Right now, you're seeing just crazy numbers as far as teams striking out and the whiff percentage and all that. And here, the Guardians get it done by making contact and by pitching well and by playing really solid defense. And I, as a baseball fan, love that. I'm happy that there's a team that's going against the grain of this, you know, let's strike everybody out, let's try to hit the long ball. Um, you know, Cleveland Guardians, they've they've been able to come back in games throughout the year. And I think a lot of it goes back to, you know, they don't have that all or nothing approach. They're able to string together rallies because guys are just trying to get hits and get on base. And, you know, that kind of ends up being contagious. And that's why they were able to come back in so many games. That's why, you know, my Minnesota Twins, I, I love the Twins, but... The Guardians got to the Twins' bullpen time and time again during the regular season, even when it seemed like that game was Minnesota's. And I'm happy now that everybody is seeing that that's just that's just who Cleveland is. That's what they are as a team. Um, they're doing this to the Yankees now, coming back, and I really want to see them pull it off. I really want to see them advance to that championship series. I think a Houston-Cleveland championship series would be a lot of fun to watch because those are two teams that don't necessarily strike out as much as everybody else. And I know everybody hates the Astros um, after after all the cheating from you know years ago. And, and, and rightfully so. Um, but that team has a lot of talent, and I don't think anybody can deny that. There's a lot of talent. They have uh, the right manager in Dusty Baker uh, doing his thing, and that team is 
playing really, really good baseball as well. So whoever we get there in the American League Championship Series, I wouldn't be upset with the Astros, Yankees, but I'm I'm rooting for Cleveland. I'm rooting for the underdog. Terry Francona-led teams always seem to perform pretty well in October, and I'm not going to bet against that guy. I think I think Cleveland's able to get the job done here in, in Game Five, um, and I think they I think they're the best team to challenge the Astros. I think if New York is able to beat Cleveland, I think then we're we're going to see the Astros moving on to the World Series. But in the National League, um, that. I think it's San Diego's series to lose. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of how things look in game one, but I really, really like San Diego. All the star power seems to be coming together. Uh, no Fernando Tatis because of the performance-enhancing drugs suspension, but Bob Melvin's done a great job of kind of getting that group together, and they're playing their base, best baseball right now. Um, I expect Juan Soto to play to his capability when the stars are the brightest. And on the flip side, I think Philadelphia with uh, Bryce Harper, He's he's been playing so well this postseason. A lot of fun to watch. Um, I expect that game to go seven, but I do like the Padres ultimately just because I think that their bullpen is the most sound of any of the remaining teams in, in the postseason. So I'm going to take the – I'm going to take the Padres slightly over Philadelphia Phillies, but both teams, they've caught fire at the right time. It's going to be a fun series. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy to think that Philadelphia Phillies, I mean, they had to they had to scratch and claw their way just to get into the playoffs, and now they're sitting, um, you know, just a few wins away from playing for a World Series. So that's pretty cool. And um, Bryce Harper, I know some people like to hate on the guy. I personally love the way he plays the game of baseball. He's a competitor, got a lot of fire, um, and right now you're seeing him just kind of be be there, and he's doing some pretty great things for for his team when it matters the most, and that's that's always extremely important. That's why the Phillies are paying him that giant contract that they are, and good for Bryce, good for Bryce, and good for the Phillies. Um, I'm expecting just a great series, but enough baseball. I know I'm jumping kind of all over the place, but going back to the football, let's talk a little bit about fantasy football. Now, how did everybody's, uh, how was everybody's week six? Was it good? I feel like now we kind of know like, Hey, you're either, you're either there or you're kind of falling off and you're, you realize that your season is pretty trash at this point. <laughs> I mean, for me, um, you know, I had some, I had some good matchups and I had some bad matchups um, in my one league. You know, starting, I've got Kyler Murray, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Jalen Wild, Devonta Smith, Mark Andrews, Miles Sanders, the Minnesota defense, and so that team did pretty well. Um, you know, ended up picking up a win. I think kind of my, you know, I was really, I mean, Mark Andrews, he's just. I know he's one of the, you know, top two tight ends, you know, from a fantasy perspective. And he's not one because there's this guy named Travis Kelsey that plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. But Mark Andrews, he's he's been doing a heck of a job. Um, I am not typically one that likes to take tight ends particularly early. And this year I actually 
kind of went against that. So I've got Mark Andrews in a couple leagues. I have Travis Kelsey in one league. I actually pair the two up in one. And I couldn't be happier with the fact that I actually kind of went out on a limb and went away from my personal fantasy football bias, I guess, if you want to call it, and actually took you know, a tight end early and did that in a couple of leagues. And it's actually worked out pretty well. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Obviously, there is a bit of a drop-off when you get outside those elite guys, so kind of having that. And if you're able to draft well when it comes to some of those, you know, late-round wide receivers and and running backs, and you can definitely get away with it. And I have been fortunate with some of the guys, um, you know, like I mentioned, my wide wide receiver core doesn't particularly look, doesn't particularly stand out on paper. I can't even talk. Um, but Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, they, they've done a pretty decent job. I've also got Derek, Garrett Wilson, uh, DJ Moore as well, and Michael Gallup, Marvin Jones. Um, those are my guys. That's, that's who I'm rolling with. I'd like to see Garrett Wilson. I had such big hopes for him after that you know 26 point performance he had the 102 yards the two touchdowns against Cleveland in week two I thought that was a sign of, of things to come but kind of been on a decline the last few weeks since that game against Cleveland you know he had a 60 yard six catch 60 yard performance against Cincinnati two catches for 41 yards against Pittsburgh three catches for 27 against Miami and just one catch for eight yards against Green Bay. So hopefully he's able to get back. It's kind of been a decline since that really, really breakout week, I guess, in week two. I thought that was a sign of things to come. Maybe part of that has to do with the whole quarterback situation there at New York, but I'm not giving up on Garrett Wilson yet. I think I think Zach Wilson and, you know, the, the Jets are playing some pretty good f- – they're playing really well right now. They're playing some – solid football and i think that you know they they, they're doing a good job of of winning the game by running the football and the emergence of Brees hall i was former iowa state cyclone that's that's kind of been part of it um but i yeah i'm hoping that garrett wilson able to get back on track here in the coming weeks because he's i i mean for my fantasy team for fantasy's sake I, i really want him to get back Back in action there. And then it was nice to see Jalen Waddle too, um, you know, post uh, game of six receptions, 129 yards against the Minnesota defense. Got back to that 100-plus yard mark for the first time since week three. He's kind of been down the last couple of weeks, but that's kind of been due to the fact that the whole quarterback situation right now in Miami hasn't been the best with Tua getting hurt and uh but it does sound like he may be may be able to come back uh this coming week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll kind of see what happens there, but if Tua is healthy, I think Jalen Waddle ton of upside. I'm not giving up on him just yet. Now, a couple of other guys that I I am thinking about potentially giving up on um not in this league, but Antonio Gibson and a couple of others. He started out pretty he started out with uh you know pretty solid start to the year in the first couple of games but lately it's just hasn't been great I think um probably looking at dropping or trading him and then a couple of others like Allen Robinson you know he had uh he had a touchdown this week uh put up some pretty good fantasy numbers but he's another one I just don't know that I trust it I don't know that he's consistently going to be able to you know, 
do some of the things that has made him a great wide receiver in the past just with the way that that Rams offense is running right now I don't really trust Matthew Stafford at this point it's clear that he's not the Matthew Stafford of the past that you can kind of count on to be an elite quarterback I don't think he's that this year just with some of the things that are uh just with some of the play that he's he's had so um I don't know if he's still hurt or whatnot, but that's just not something that I really want to trust. Um, you know, when I look at wide receivers, I really look at like who's got who's got that solid quarterback play, who's got that consistent guy that's throwing them the ball because that's that's who I want. That's who that's who I want. I don't want these guys that you know. If you have a quarterback that will only throw for a hundred, you know, between a hundred and two hundred yards a game, that's not really somebody that I want to put out there on a weekly basis uh just because there's so many question marks you never know what you're going to get i want that consistent guy that has somebody that can throw the ball and, and deliver it so yeah that's just um just a couple a couple that i'm looking at so far and then let's see here can we look at look at the coming week um let me take a look and some of the guys that just haven't really done, haven't been doing so hot as of late. Uh, James Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars, uh, uh, it, it's been kind of weird because I feel like there's flashes where the Jacksonville Jaguars look really, really good. And then like this week they get beat by the Indianapolis Colts. And then for James Robinson, first three weeks he killed it. Nine, like had close to 20 at 15 plus points in every game there through the first three weeks and then since then only 2.9 for me against philly there in week four week five played against the houston texans only put up 5.9 points and then in week six this week against the indianapolis colts six and a half points it was encouraging to see him get over that 50 yard mark first time he did that since week three but for James Robinson, I just don't know how to feel about him. Um, I think he's one guy that I'm potentially looking at dealing. And I think that, you know, maybe you're able to get some bites and some good return on James Robinson right now just because he did play so well weeks one through three. And, you know, hopefully you, you've got somebody that's maybe desperate for the running back position that has sustained some injuries. Fortunately for me, I've got Miles Sanders, uh, Saquon and Christian McCaffrey so I'm pretty well set at the running back position at this point so trading away James Robinson would be something that I would potentially look at doing and then I mean for running backs there's always going to be guys on that waiver wire right um, you know there, it's it's one of those positions that you, you see a lot of injuries and stuff so as long as you do your homework I think that's uh, you know it's one position that you can never really have enough of and I've kind of hoarded running backs in that one league but I think I think I may look at trading James Robinson especially if I'm able to get a decent wide receiver in return because right now I need wideouts I need wideouts bad um starting Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith this week I mean that's that's cool um it, it's been working but I do feel like that's one area that I can potentially improve DJ Moore is also on that team but again not in a great system, right? I mean, we I, I just got done talking about, yeah, I don't trust Matthew Stafford right now, 
and that concerns me about Allen Robinson. Well, how about that whole quarterback situation in Carolina? It is terrible. Doesn't matter how good the wide receiver is. I mean, the team just traded away Robbie Anderson, which I guess it makes sense because the Panthers don't have anybody that can throw the ball <laughs> that deep for Anderson when his specialty is running that deep route. Um, I think that was a good trade for Carolina just to move on from Anderson. Personally, I love the guy. Uh, he's he's rewarded me well in fantasy when I've started him, but I think it's definitely going to be a better fit for Anderson in Arizona. And how about those Cardinals getting DeAndre Hopkins back? Um, comes at a really good time, too, with Marquise Brown going down with injury. You get Hop back. You have Robbie Anderson coming in. That offense could look a lot different here as we move on throughout the season with some of the pieces that they're surrounding Kyler Murray with. The only thing that really concerns me with the Cardinals is I do not trust their head coach. I do not trust Cliff Kingsbury. Um, that's just one thing that concerns me about the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I do have Kyler Murray as my quarterback in one of my fantasy football leagues. I've also got Lamar Jackson as one of my quarterbacks. And then in two leagues, I'm doing the old Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, quarterback by committee group, and now with Carson going down with that uh, finger injury, uh, I may need to reevaluate that. But there are some good quarterbacks I think that I may be able to be in on uh, for the waiver wire. Bailey Zappi, he's one that I might... I might take a chance on old Zappy, because the way he plays the game, I tell you what, he, he's fun to watch. And I mean, yes, you've got Mac Jones there if, if you're New England, but Bailey Zappy, he's come in and he's played extremely well for a rookie that's getting thrown into the fire. Um, so that's one guy that I've kind of thought about, but then at the same point in time, like, is Mac Jones going to take his job? and just resume that number one quarterback role. I think he probably does, even though I think everybody wants to see more Bailey Zappi. But I think, you know, I don't know. We'll see how that all shakes out. Obviously, Bill Belichick's going to do what's best for the New England Patriots. That's kind of the way he's always operated, so we'll see. But I think Zappi's done a lot of really good things. And, you know, I'm obviously not a GM or a coach. I'm just sitting here in my chair talking talking football. But I I don't know. All I'm saying is if I'm running uh, the New England Patriots through Madden, you know, I, I may actually just stick with Bailey Zappi because um, some of the things that he's been able to do, it just seems like he's got that swag about him. He's got that. He, he just seems like the moment's not really too big for him. And I think if you're in New England, that's 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 pretty good. That's a good spot to be. Um, I, I'd feel really comfortable with as a I if I'm New England I would feel comfortable with Bailey Zappi just from some of the things that he's shown so far I think he's got a lot of potential that's kind of why they drafted him right I mean he he showed that potential in college obviously some things to work on but I think he has that it factor that everybody talks about that's what you want at the quarterback position and on the flip side I mean you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers they're starting Kenny Pickett. He obviously goes down with an injury in the game against uh, Tampa Bay. But I think if you're a Patriots fan, you feel a lot more comfortable about your rookie quarterback compared to the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think there's a lot of question marks around the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, but that's part of what comes with being a first-round draft pick, right? 
I mean, Mac Jones, a lot of questions surrounding him and his play kind of all the time. He gets scrutinized because he's a, you know, first-round draft pick, whereas Bailey Zappi, he comes in, uh, not a lot of expectations, and, hey, he's he's kind of embracing that role right now, and he's been doing some pretty good things for the Patriots here uh, in still a very small sample size, and obviously the league is going to adjust and adapt to Bailey Zappi and some of the things that he's good at doing, and he's going to need to make the other adjustments to those adjustments that these D coordinators are making for him right now but uh yeah i think he's been a lot of fun to watch and i think he's been one of the bright spots in the league thus far um i always like i said earlier when i was talking about the cleveland guardians i love a good underdog story bailey zappy seems to be kind of an underdog story and i mean hey look obviously the the pats have found a lot of value late in draft specifically at the quarterback position uh, solely on the fact that Tom Brady. That's all that I need to say. Um, I'm not saying that Bailey Zappi is going to be the next Tom Brady, but I am saying who knows. Guy may actually be able to play in the NFL, and there's probably a reason why New England felt the need to go out and get him uh, in the draft, and I think having him there, I think that only makes your quarterback room better. And, you know, this is also a good position for the Patriots to be in as well because I don't think they feel the need to necessarily rush Mac Jones back. And I, I think that's that I think that's a good thing from what we've learned in today's NFL. Rushing players back, not always the right answer. Um, so for Mac to be able to kind of sit back and get healthy is probably the best thing. And if you're the Patriots, I think you feel comfortable sending Bailey Zappi out letting him continue to progress in his career and just watch him kind of grow. And it's been fun to watch these these first few games, first couple of games, I guess, of his NFL career. But anyways, that'll do it for this week's edition, well, this episode of Rob Logic. I'm hoping to put out another pod later this week once we find out who uh, – who is in it for, you know, whether it's going to be the New York Yankees, Cleveland Guardians, um, and then also we will kind of come out, preview some NFL matchups as well as get those, make my picks for week seven in the NFL because, yeah, uh, gambling's been going all right. Sports gambling's been going all right for me, so I feel compelled to share again. And this time I'm actually going to keep track of all of them, and then the week after, we will actually, I'm going to sit down and be like, okay, so we were this and this. And then that way, you know, so I'm going to make sure to keep track of all that. But um, we're going to continue to progress and, and improve as a podcast. So, you know, I'm really excited at the direction that we are we are going. But, yeah, um, hoping to hoping to win some money this weekend. And I'll share some of that, uh, some of my picks coming up a little bit later this week. That's the plan. Um I might not get another one out, but, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I go with the flow, right? So, anyways, that'll do it for this week's edition. Well, this episode. I did it again. That'll do it for this edition, this episode of Rob Logic. There. Finally got it right. Only took about three or four times. Anyways, we'll see you next time, everybody.